eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From the local lanes to the PBA Tour, bowling fans, welcome to the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show, presented by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Associates. Now, here's your host, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome in. It is another edition of the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show presented to you by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association where they are giving away a bowling ball for you. Yes, you have a chance to win a brand new bowling ball. Uh, and all you have to do to get that track Mako bowling ball is go to milwcar.com. milwcar.com and have that chance. And then you'll get a free fitting and drilling my guy, Dwight Albrecht, over here at the New Berlin Spare Time Pro Shop. Isn't that correct? That is correct, sir. Good morning, sir. How are good you? Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. I want to also thank Tom Menting for all the work on that. And he told me this week that the entries are coming in fast and furious. So good. that's great that people are signing up for it. And I think we'll have quite a few entries to choose from next week. Can't believe next week, last show, and, and we get to pick the winner for the bowling ball. Yeah, I can't wait either. I, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, Short season, uh, again, because yeah. of how this whole TV thing slates out or whatever, but that's fine. Uh, so we have to go back to what happened, uh, at the, again, at the Barbasol, a player's championship uh, last week. And we'll start there first. Uh, first off, before we get into the actual bowling, your thoughts, you being the old school, the guy that you mm-hmm. are, on the PA announcer in the mm-hmm. background doing the chants, let's go, player's name, let's go, player's name, let's go, player's name getting the crowd into it your thoughts doesn't he chant out pba and then yeah they, i think he does that too yeah i think that's all part of it okay if you were in the crowd i i think it's okay but for mm-hmm. viewership on tv it gets old quick now i understand that he's a pitch man i understand he's trying to get the crowd involved and they try to do that during the summer series when mm-hmm. they were in milwaukee i i get all that it just doesn't look and sound good on tv i mean betty and i both agree on it. I, I think it's great that they try to get something going in the crowd so everyone doesn't sit there right. and fall asleep. 
it, it just doesn't come across looking good on TV. I, again, it's my opinion. I could be completely wrong. What did you think? Um, I was confused early on um, as far as with what exactly uh, they were saying. I guess I mm-hmm. couldn't make out what he was saying. And it took me almost until, where was it? That I wrote it down. It took me later in the Pickford match to understand what exactly he was chanting. Because there for a while, I thought he was just a Pickford fan. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so they're all going to chant for Pickford this whole time. So be it. And part of the reason was Chapman wasn't bowling all that well. But I, I thought that's what was going on. But it, it just continued, and then they were doing it for Belmonte at the end. They were doing it for everybody. Yeah, they started this actually a World Series of Bowling Sparky. So I already heard this pitch man, if you want to call it that. I heard him at... In Reno, oh right, with a crowd. So this isn't the first show. Yep, good point. That they've they've done it, but I'm all for trying to get the the crowd more involved and you know being excited excited that you are in the crowd to watch a, a great TV show and great matches. But I have mixed feelings about it. Well, I mean that, that, but that's okay though. I mean that that's yeah. how it goes. All right, so we we get started here. Uh, with the first match, it's uh, Pickford uh, and Chapman. Uh, and as we talked about last week, I mean, this is a big deal for Chapman here. I mean, mm-hmm. as a pro, this is the first tournament he tried to bowl in as a pro. Mm-hmm. He bowled in before as an amateur and, and did pretty good. But this is the first one as a pro. He makes the TV show, uh, and they were talking on the show, uh, Lamont and Peterson, that, hey, you know, he said he's going to have nerves probably uh, in the beginning. And the first couple balls weren't all that bad. That ball in the third, though, had that five count. Uh, in the third, uh, and actually, well, no, no, I take that back. It was in the fourth, fourth, five count, first ball in the fourth. Got three of those five, but that put him down twenty three through four to Pickford, and then came back in the fifth and threw a two eight ten split uh, in the fifth, and it was Kearns after that. I mean, because Connor Pickford was grooving uh, that whole match. Uh, well, Randy's comment always is that uh, when the first time you're on TV that your insides want to become on the outsides, I think is always right. what he says for the nervousness aspect. I think he shoots like he said himself, like 120 on TV the first time he was on TV. What people have to understand is that that first match that you're on TV, those 10 frames, it seems like one frame. It goes by so right. fast, you know. I, I, and I think the more he's extremely talented because they'd shown him during qualifying during the week, you could see that obviously he deserves to be there. But when you get on TV, that's a whole different world, especially if you maybe don't have a good look. And bottom line, Connor Pickford had a great look all day. Yep. And, and I actually, you know, I thought at the beginning that he could actually run the table. Yeah, I, I thought so too uh, early on. He he looked good against Chapman. 243, 154, not much of a match. No. Then they come back in the second match and have no fear. Pickford was just getting started because he rolled to 266 that game. Yep. But again, if you go back and you look at that game, Larson 2410 split right off the bat mm-hmm. uh, for, for Martin Larson there. And Larson needed to win this one to get into Tournament of Champions. Yeah. That he had to win, period. Um, then he changes the ball in the third. Several times, yeah. And he goes to the Daredevil. And he puts the ball right through the nose. And seven counts spare there. And then you go forward. That was in the third. Pickford didn't start off all that great as far as he wasn't stringing strikes together. He makes a change with uh, Tim Mack. Throws a double in that fifth. And you hear him say, good call, Timmy, Mm -hmm. to Tim Mack. And see, that is... That is where that coach or that ball rep, as they call him, yep. can play huge dividends. Now, they can give you huge. bad advice, but it's going to be educated advice mm-hmm. of what they think you should do. It may not work all the time, but when it does work and you're not thinking of it, yep. 
It, it can make you a lot of money. How many times have you bowled and you really, you know, even in your leagues and everything, and, and you watch a shot go down the lane and really realize that you really don't pick up the ball until it, at least it's 20 feet down the lane? And, right. that, and that's the thing that when I coach, uh, and I get this all the time from my students, is I, I get to see them release it at the foul line. The whole I get thing. The whole thing, the whole lane. But our eyes are trained to only see about 40 feet of the lane. Right. And what the ball's doing in that 40 feet. So, yes, it's extremely important when you're on TV that that guy has the chance to see exactly Everything. right the whole shape of, of the ball. And it's always amazing to me either the ball or the way it's drilled and how much of an influence it has to the bowler's eye and, and the confidence that they have, knowing that that ball's made the same exactly from ball to ball every time. Right. You know, it's just that either the drilling or the shape of the weight block or the, the, the motion that it's going down the lane, how big of a difference it can make. Yeah, it, it is, uh, it is a huge. Minds. Right, yeah. it's a huge, huge difference uh, at that point. Uh, then Pickford uh, does a ball change of his own. Uh, and carries a split for a strike to make it four in a row in the seventh, and that was pretty much Curtin's at that point. I think it was like a two ten split or something yeah, like that. He, that Carson he carried. Never had a look. I think he went through three balls, and none of them were working for him. You know, the thing that I like with him though is is I can see why he was a Steve Nagy award winner. Obviously, we'll get to that with a couple of things they mentioned on the broadcast. Go ahead. Yeah, giving the balls away to the kids and everything. I I I think that's very um, great of him to do yep. that. But I also think it's very memorable for the. The youth bowler in the crowd. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, they, they said that there was a kid uh, when they were warming up that had a sign, hey, it's my birthday. Uh, and Larson brings him a bowling ball. Brand new bowling ball. Here you go. Yep. What? Who does that? Yep. Then later. When they gets it for free. <laughs> right. Then later goes and takes a selfie with another fan. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is a huge moment for this dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anything, he should have been tense and kind of in the Dwight Albrecht zone where he doesn't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> and just be geared up and ready to go. Right. But it's sad, dude. He was loose and just, you know, having fun. Maybe that's how he deals with the nerves. Maybe. Everybody's different. You're right in that aspect. Everybody is different as far as how they, they deal with pressure uh, going forward. Yeah, you're ab- you're absolutely right about that. Uh, so I thought that was cool. Now, mm-hmm. yes, he won the Sportsmanship Award, right? But it should be said, too, that there are other really good guys on, on the tour that do a lot of cool stuff, too. I know for a fact Rash... Uh, has done a lot of great stuff uh, with kids, yep. disadvantaged kids, everything else uh, during his time on the tour. Mm-hmm. And uh, another one is Norm Duke and how, yep. how great of a spokesperson he is for the for the tour and, and obviously does work with USBC as an ambassador. So uh, agree. There are a great group of guys that are out there that, that really show how personal they are to the PBA fans. Yeah, I think it's, it's just a, it's a great deal um, for this tour because – whether they want to admit to it or not, I think some of them may think they're bigger than they are in they life, are. Um, and they're not. But but name so, another sport, though, that you can get that close to the pro correct. and have that interaction. No, I, I agree, and but that that's my point is as long as these guys stay grounded enough, the bowlers, stay grounded enough to realize that they kind of do have to spoil their fans. I mean, they can't mm-hmm. be, you know, football players and just blow off – Play, uh, blow off fans or whatever else because they're the NFL and you know people are going to come regardless if you blow off a five year old or not, uh, or the NBA or Major League Baseball doesn't really matter, right? Or PGA but, golf, right? But Same from thing. this, well, PGA needs to start kissing butt too because without mm-hmm. Tiger Woods, their their numbers they're, are going to be fun to watch, certain. right? They right. better start doing the same thing. But I mean, from the PBA standpoint. Stuff like this is huge. I mean, the bowling ball you gave that kid, that kid's going to be a fan of yours for the rest of his life. 
And every time you're on TV or anytime you're close to their town and he finds out about it or she finds out about it, I don't know if it was a boy or a girl, they didn't say. But anytime that happens, that person is going to want mom and dad to take them to go see you bowl. Mm -hmm. And 20 years from now, if you're bowling on the PBA 50 or 30 years from now, and that person sees you, you be like, man, when I was a little kid, man, do you remember this? And I guarantee you, Mar Larson will remember that because this was a big tournament for him. I mean, that that's just... You I just got, can't beat that stuff. I got a ball from a pro at Bolero <laughs> during the Miller Highlight Classic back probably in 1972, so that puts me about 13, 14 years old. Right. And I could barely hold on to the ball because obviously they're throwing 16. And the, the pro just came up to me and said, here, kid. <laughs> right. I, have no, I don't have no memory who it was. Here I'm carrying this 16-pound bowling ball around with me, and I look at my mom and dad, and I go, oh, I, I got to have this plugged and redrilled for me. This is awesome. It was a Columbia white dot. Hey! It was a $20 ball. I had one of those. I had a white dot, a yellow dot. Yeah. I've been you know, there done that. There's nothing special to it. It had his fit on it, so the span was like five and a half inches long. I, I couldn't even get my hand close to getting sure. into it. I remember that, though, now 40 You'll years later. it. Right. Right. And, that, and that's the, you know, we always talk about in this show, or maybe I more than we, but always talk about marketing and how they can make more money and how they can increase TV ratings and stuff like that. But that 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 personal one-on-one interaction that you get um, from that situation or from a pro am, mm-hmm. look, you you if you have kids that are aspiring bowlers or that love to bowl, and you bring them to a pro am, you pay your money, you get them into a pro am, and you let them bowl with a couple of these pro bowlers. A, they're going to see just how good they are. Oh, that's going to blow their mind. Really talented. B, providing they get with a, a, a guy like a Larson or somebody mm-hmm. like that that's real interactive and, and a real nice guy. Mm-hmm. Belmonte's really, really good with people. Yes, there's He's another one. He's so good with people. Yep. Phil Anko from Castle yes. Lanes. What they um, did down there. He came on here. Yep. They had Belmonte down there with a, for a storm demo day or whatever. Yep. And they brought Belmonte in. And Phil's like, I, I hope it works. I, I think it'll work. You know, Belmonte should be a big enough name. They packed that place. It was filled, right? But wall to wall people. So everybody's in there. Belmonte comes in. What do you want me to do? Yep. So he gets on the PA speaker, welcomes the the league play in after they're done with the demo day, stays like an hour, two hours longer than he was supposed to, signing autographs and stuff. I mean, un- Phil Arco <laughs> said above and beyond anybody's expectations. Yes. If At Castle Lanes, if you look up on their ceilings, they have like all this different art that was done years ago yep. from different people, right? Belmonte, because I, I saw it, I was – saw it when it happened, he took a picture of the ceiling and said, this is one of the coolest concepts I've ever seen, and put Castle Lanes in it and sent out a tweet. Huge! You didn't have to do that. Right. That is the type of stuff that you can't pay for that type of stuff if you're the PBA Tour, getting that type of personal interaction from bowler to fans. Now, if you get some bowler that shows up, sits over in the corner, don't talk to anybody, does the bare right. minimum and leaves, that's going to leave a bad taste probably exactly. in people's mouths. But you get a guy like Belmonte doing that, or Larson doing what he does, and some of these other guys, or Rash, and that's that's huge for this tour. Huge. It shows number one how much of a humanitarian Belmo is then uh, to care that much. Right. Uh, other guys in the tour may hate his guts because right. of how he competes and what his but deal the fan is. Fan loves him. Right. Right. So, I mean, whatever. It, yeah, it, it then, doesn't matter. And then even for the league bowlers, for him to get up under the mic and you know wish him good luck. Uh, on, a, on their league scores that night, you don't think that's memorable or sticking around even an hour longer to sure. sign autographs or meet and greet with the league bowlers when he yep. was actually there, you know, for his team? Right. So I, it's huge. It's a memory, everlasting memory. I guarantee you, everybody at Castle Lanes yep. that night remembers it. I promise you, they all yep. remember it. Yep. Uh, okay, so 
Uh, we got off way off topic there from <laughs> Martin Larson uh, and that whole deal. We'll come back in segment number two. Uh, Phil Brylo uh, was going to be on the show, had some stuff uh, going on in Albuquerque, New Mexico, none of which is very good stuff. Uh, so he's in Albuquerque, New Mexico, dealing with some stuff. Uh, so we're here. He'll be back on the show uh, for the last show of the week, of the year uh, coming up next week. We'll come back and wrap up how this TV show played out. The Barbershop PBA Players Championship Plus. We'll have Jason Belmonte. Phil had a chance to do a one-on-one with him. We'll have him on, too. That's all straight ahead here on the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show, presented to you by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Check them out at milwcar.com. Your chance to win a track Mako bowling ball. Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show, presented to you by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association at MILWCAR.com. Your chance to win a track makeo bowling ball there. Plus, you'll get a free fitting and drilling from Dwight Albrecht, co-host of the show at his Spare Time Pro Shop. That's why we have the show named Spare Time after his pro shop. So make sure uh, to go uh, get signed up. If you're a big bowling fan and friends and family aren't, have them sign you, have them sign up for themselves, and then they can give you the bowling ball and you can get it fitted and drilled. Like, have everybody that you know sign you up or sign up, and then they can just give you the ball. It's really not that hard. M-I-L-W-C-A-R.com. M-I-L-W-C-A-R.com. All right, so we continue on. Uh, the second match I don't think I ever gave the final. Pickford <laughs> over Larson, 266 to 182. So Pickford disposes of Chapman, 243 to 154, then disposes of Larson. Now the semifinal match, and this is what Dwight Albert was looking <laughs> forward to last weekend when we got off the air. Sunday mornings, like, dude, I can't wait. I hope those two match up because now it's Simonson and Pickford, and they're doubles partners, doubles partners. And right? these guys are boys. I mean, they're friends. So mm-hmm. this is. All fish. Or this is this group yeah, is called. This is going to be fun. We're we're going to find out here just what this is all about. Um, and interesting because Simonson comes out uh, after the first three strikes, leaves a uh, what did he see? Uh, five count uh, split, uh, and then afterwards talks to himself, and you could hear him. So what did he say? Something like forty-one matches, and you still don't know when to stop. Uh, meaning he shouldn't have shot that shot. So oh, he I, said that it, twice during the right, match. Right, something happened where he thought he should have pulled up, stopped, yeah. went back, and started over. And Peterson brought up Chris Barnes is really good at doing that. Sean Rash, Rash. has done it his whole career. Drives yep. me bonkers. But the he's balk, done it too. Balk right. and bowling. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, they do it. How often did that happen to you? I, I could never stop, Sparky. Ever. I went through and through the shot. I, I, don't, I don't know how these guys can pull up. I can't do it. I bowled my whole life. So you, you have the same problem with Simonson. Just can't I, do it. I just go through it. Yeah, I mean, if I'm distracted, I uh, of the times where you think you should have stopped, mm-hmm. I, what percentage I, I of chances split. do you yeah. think there were uh, that you probably threw a bad shot in those times where you said <laughs> this is not good and or got distracted, yeah. something popped in your head, lost focus? Small because by the time I was able to release the ball, I was able to refocus because that obviously didn't happen with Simonson on that shot. Well, it's different when you have the crowd there. Again, the, the years that I made bowling with the champs, I didn't hear anything. Well, you didn't I, I have didn't signs popping up and down. You didn't have a PA announcer screaming in the background. You I was didn't so have a ner- lot of that. I was so nervous. I was probably flatline right. on, on the whole time on the show. Yep. You know, they could have, you know, with, with the whole Chris Paul thing, and they showed yes. <laughs> you know, the shock to the chest yep. and everything, which brought, I mean, some of those were really great memories, with especially Kevin Hart. I'm not, I don't want to get off another t- Love Kevin subject. Hart. But, yep. but no, I mean, for me, it was, you know, when you shoot a 300 game, that 10th frame, you can't breathe, your knees are shaking. Well, try to do that for three games on TV. 
right. you know, during Bowling with the Champs, was a, which was just a local bowling show. And now these guys are, I mean, their mindset is everyone in the world's watching this. Right. You know, so I, I don't even know what goes through their minds. Because, again, when you're going up, when you're bowling, just the littlest thing in sight line, a sign getting raised, a sign swaying, yep. somebody burping real loud. I mean, it literally could be anything that could distract these guys quickly. And you would think, yep. oh, come on, they're pros. They shouldn't be able to get well, distracted that quick. Yep. But we've seen it for years. They had a camera angle behind Simonson's right shoulder. He was ready to go to the line, and the young man raised the sign. And he stopped. And he stopped. He caught it. And he said, the guy's raising a sign or whatever. Right. Young man, please don't raise that right. sign. Yep. So, I mean, I mean, I guess their parental vision and, and their feelings are really in tune when they're on that show. Yep, no question. They don't question. want any distraction whatsoever. And that's what sets Pete off all the time when Pete's on TV. <laughs> well, most memorable moments in PBA history was because of that. Right. Uh, okay, so then you, you move forward in the match. Pickford throws the ball through the nose in the sixth. Uh, 2-10 split, misses both. Then he throws another ball through the nose in the seventh. Uh, a 3-4-7 split uh, for Pickford. Uh, and he was Started just having all kinds of issues. He was light, and then he was coming up high through the nose. Well, you knew it eventually it was going to get to him. I mean, they're bowling on a very tough, flat lane condition. You can Obviously, that because see, if you didn't have the right ball reaction, the scores were going to end up being low based off the first two matches. So, obviously, you knew that he was going to lose that look eventually, and obviously didn't figure it out quick enough. No, obviously not. It did not obviously work. Uh, he comes back strong uh, at the end, forces Bel- uh, forces uh, Simonson to get a nine count of some kind uh, there in the 10th frame. He leaves the, the picket fence on the right side, uh, picks it up, and that's that. Case closed, and uh, he moves on uh, with the win. Simonson overpick for 204 to 191. The interesting thing, though, is you know, they gave each other a nice hug at the beginning and everything, and then right. Kimberly did their interview, and Kimberly said, you know, what are your, what would be in doubles partners? What's your mindset going into this? And I think Pickford said, well, it's what Simonson says. It's just that we're bowling against 10 white guys. You know, they can call the bowling pins 10 white guys. Sure, whatever that is. Sure. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I, I thought it was funny. I thought it was good TV. You know, the, the one thing for, for me is, and I don't know about you, when you bowl a friend or a close friend and you're bowling yeah, for I, something. I got a story on that too. <laughs> doesn't your. I felt, um, I felt your intensity level, your concentration, doesn't everything get magnified? Like you want that more than you would if you were just bowling some guy you don't know. For me, it was. For me, it was I, bragging rights. Mm, everything else going reverse. forward. Oh, for me, it was. Yeah, that's that's reverse. that's how if it I always hated was for a guy. Me. And when I was in my prime, there were a few guys I totally disliked, and right? I wanted to beat him into the ground. Really? Oh yeah. Now, my first non-pro title which was Hadler Lanes in Thienesville, which became Bullwinkles, which became Regatta, and I, then I think it burnt down. Um, my dad just passed away. I was 25 years old, wow. and, I, and I had to end up bowling my doubles partner the next week that we were going to go to Nationals out in Vegas. Okay. And it was a two-game match. We both made it after a full day of qualifying and beat some of the best in the city and state there to get there, and I had to – and I had a beat uh, bowl against him, and I ended up beating him to win my first ever non-pro title. I I felt horrible that I I beat him instead of being you know happy I won, you know. And he was so gracious. He came up off the his seat and shook my hand. He goes, "You bowled great all day, Dwight. You deserved it." You know that's how gracious he was. And I said, "When we get out in Vegas, dinner's on me. Steak dinner's on me." Nice. So we had a great time out there, but it it has. 
for me, it was very awkward because of how much I enjoyed Jim uh, and how much I enjoyed bowing with him. And, and so I, no, I, I, my intense level doesn't go up again, same as what Simonson thinks about it. It was me against the 10 white guys, you know, I mean, that's how you got to look at it. It's you against the pins. I mean, it is a, a match that you're bowing against, but bottom line is who's going to get the best score. See, and for me, at least, um, me and my friends, man, we just all trash talk. We always both money against one another. It was always that. And if you lost, you were going to hear about it. So the next time you had a chance to, to get yourself back, um, that's how it was. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, from this perspective, you and me, mm-hmm. when we first met, mm-hmm. right? Oh, you're um, ultra competitive. You think I'm You think <laughs> right. I'm nuts? You're nuts. Right. So, I mean, from that perspective, if I don't know you. You trash talking me the first game. Right off the bat. But for me, if I don't know you. I, I, okay, I mean, I'm going to play, obviously, mm-hmm. and if we're playing for something, I'm definitely going to play, but if I know you, and I know what's going to happen if I lose, then yeah, then we're going to go. Then I'm ready, and I'll be talking, and everything's going to be going, and here we go. But see, that's the one thing. You don't you don't have those type of guys on this tour. Mm-hmm. You don't have those guys that talk, that that just no. constantly run their mouth and talk, and talk to the fans, talk to them, is, and a, there's handful. not that guy. Right. It, you know, for me... I got to think back to golf, you know, towards the end of their careers. A Trevino, a Chi-Chi Rodriguez, you know, they were out there. They're talking trash to each other. Chi-Chi's doing his putter sword thing, whatever he did, his whole little thing. Yeah. Uh, and there was it's, always that that jabbering going yeah. on. You don't really Lee ha- Trevino was right. Yeah. You don't really have that type of stuff. No. Uh, with this tour necessarily. No, I call it taking care of business. TCB. Well, I call it entertainment. Mm-hmm. And that's what I call it. And from from that perspective, if you had just one guy, two guys that were like that, like, hey man, that's three in a row. That's the showman. Good you know? luck. Yeah. D- don't don't miss this opportunity here. Mm-hmm. Oop, that's a split. Now, don't, I don't want you to pull this shot here. Now just take your time, Belmo. Take your time, Belmo. Mm-hmm. Don't pull this shot. That type of stuff. A, you're gonna ground a lot of guys on this tour's cage mm-hmm. because they aren't used to it. They don't like Belmo crinkling a bottle without people freaking out. Right. What would they do if he was talking to them? I mean, mm-hmm. th- so that would be awesome. I mean, for me, at least, that would be great. Now, initially, when this player gets on tour, A, you better be really good and better be able to back it up. Yep. That's the first. You can't be some guy that's on TV once every year and then be that guy that's running his mouth. But when you are, and if you're going to win and everything else, you're going to, man, I'm just telling you, the entertainment yeah. would be through the roof. Remember the year that Kevin Hart was on the Chris Paul event and he yep. kept going, Kevin, be a champion? Well, yes. they, they showed that clip. Barnes has to get up in the 10th to double for them to win. And he, he's mic'd and he says, be a champion, Kevin. And it doesn't even say Chris. You know, he's right. saying be a champion because he sees the clip playing. Right. You know, and everything. And he, and he strikes out to win it. Right. You know, but let's see. That awesome. was right. That was but that's, great that's, TV. And that, that's the type of stuff that I'm talking about. I, but again, you, you can't make somebody into something that they're not. But right. if they ever get fortunate enough to get one of those guys. And, and but then what has well, to happen is if that guy comes upon them, they can't they can't silence him well, because those, players at tour are complaining that he's talking. Don't right. silence him. Just let him be him. Well, they, let make them adjust. I remember the cover of a Bowler's Journal in the early '80s. It said Holman the Showman. Yes, but see that was that's exactly my point. Right. You either loved him or you hated him, but you didn't have a. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. But you now on this tour there are a bunch of guys you go. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't have a lot of strong feelings. No. You might have strong feelings against Belmonte, sure. But how many other guys do you have strong feelings for or against? Number one. 
Pete Weber, same thing. Yep. Strong feelings for or against Weber, yep. for or against Belmonte. Why he's Mr. TV. They TV need ratings. all yep. these great young bowlers that they have. They need one they or get two. A personality. They need one or two to step out personality-wise. Right. But again, if they don't have it, they don't have it. All right, we got distracted again. Let's uh, move on here because it's already time for a break. We still haven't gone through the show from last week. <laughs> uh, so now we move on. Uh, after that match, uh, like I said, it, it, it was close. Pickford came back, but not close enough. 204-191. So now the championship match. There's Belmont. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a good year last year. And now he gets Simonson. I'll be honest with you. I was pulling for Belmonte. I wanted Belmonte to win this match because Belmonte hadn't looked the same. He looked like he lost weight to me. And I don't know if it was just his haircut. He that, has. Or not, but he looked like he lost weight and was in better shape than he was last year. I thought mentioned that he did. did he? Maybe yeah. I missed mm-hmm. it. It looked like he lost weight. Um, so so now you you go here, and Simonson has a ball change uh, because we've been changing balls all day. Why not just continue? Uh, and he leaves a 7-10 split right off the bat in the second frame. Well, you know how I always love to quote Wendy Peterson, and Randy was 100% correct. If it gets to the lofty and the gutter cap, and there's no one better Belmonte in the world wins. than Belmonte. I agree. Right. I totally agree. And then Simonson off a double, uh, leaves a six-count split in the fifth frame, gets two, Belmonte... That puts Belmonte up 30. He had a chance to cut to within two, leaves a split, and it goes plus 30 Belmonte. That was the turning point mm-hmm. of the match. That right there. And, and that one frame, really, because then it, it made it difficult for Simonson to fight his way back. Belmonte comes back, strikes the next ball, but then he leaves a split in the sixth frame with an eight count on a light hit. Simonson strikes in the sixth and seventh, cuts it to minus 16. But again, I go back to that fifth rain six count split. Big, big if that doesn't point. happen, if that's a spare, then everything is different, and they're right there nose and nose. Then Belmonte uh, light uh, hit in the seventh, leads a ten pin, strikes in the eighth. Simonson through the nose three six nine ten in the eighth it. frame, uh, and that was it. But the crazy thing about this is Belmonte threw a bunch of strikes yeah. in this match. Yeah, he didn't throw one flush. No, Peterson was saying it the whole yeah. match. He didn't throw one ball flush yet. He was mixing. Everything up. Yep. I think he kept continuing to try to chase the oil or continuing to try to get airtime, uh, trying to prevent the ball from going through the nose, which is what obviously did Simonson in. You went, you talked earlier about how you weren't happy if you lost or the trash talking. Right. There was some serious anger on Simonson's part losing to Belmont. You could clearly see it. The camera showed it pretty clear today that Simonson was not happy Belmont won. Was it not that Bobo won or that he blew another op- or he blew an opportunity? Both, maybe. Because, I mean, this kid hasn't gotten really— Both. He, this was the first championship match he's lost, I think. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was in one other one and won. Right. He was sitting there as the one seed and oh, won it. Right. And now this time he had to win two matches and was able to win one and then come back and, and lose the second. The other thing I thought was interesting, which I did not know, that they brought up uh, was that timeless ball that Belmonte yes. was throwing. He helped design that ball? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of video that's out, out there, but he worked with Steve Klompkin and, and Klompkin from Storm uh, back in September at or August in their uh, big show in Vegas, uh, actually debuted the ball to uh, Belmo, but it was actually a pink and purple ball. It was just a test ball, and Belmo had a lot of input on this ball. And, yeah, you kind of stole my thunder is – for Storm and Rotogrip, I mean, they couldn't be any happier with all five of their staffers making the show. So, right. I mean, there was not one other ball company. So, you talk about that with NASCAR all the time That's between true. Chevy and Toyota. Yep. 
you know, and I'm looking at the dominance. Whenever we get into majors on how Storm, their staffers, get on TV, it's yep. just amazing to me. Everyone was throwing a no rules pearl or a timeless. And that was a big deal, obviously. I just, how many other times have you heard? I mean, is this common in the bowling industry? I guess I've never heard of it before, oh. where you've had, you know, a bowler helping to design the ball that he was going to throw. Well, you know, a, a lot. It's just that it doesn't get publicity. Exactly, like what they did with this one here. And Belmo's image, uh, the two handed image, is on the side of the ball. You know, I believe it says Belmo on the side of the well, ball. Well, he's got that all trademarked the across the of place. Course. Yeah. But it is, I'll tell you right now, it's one of our top selling balls right now. It's one of, okay, now I'm going to ask a really dumb question. Are people buying it for Belmo? No, no. Well, I'm probably part of the reason I'm buying it for Belmo. But, Mike, this is the dumbest question of the day because I think that there are people that think this. So I'm going to ask it, and then you can tell me the correct answer, which I know what it is already, but I'm still going to ask the question. Because he created the ball or designed the ball, does that mean it works better for a two-handed bowler versus me who throws it only with one hand and doesn't have the same amount of rev rate that Belmo does? See, that's a great question. So I think it's a stupid right. question. but No, I think that's a great question because that's the first thing that went through my mind when I saw this video from August when it was just a prototype. Right. You know, and they're getting so much of his input on it. He's like, I thought the prototype had a better look than the final product. And that happens all the time when making bowling balls. So, I, the, of course, the answer we had Storm on, the answer is going to be no, it's designed Correct. for everyone. You can't make a ball specifically. For, I guess but, you could for two-handed bowlers, but there's not enough of them to make money off of. Well, Larson was throwing it. You know, I mean, so there's right. many different styles on that show that was thrown. The only one that didn't throw it was Pickford. Right. So, no, I, I know it's not for just a two-handed player, and that's why we're selling so many of them. It was a great debut for the ball, though. God, I don't know how I'd react if I got beat by my own ball. I don't, <laughs> you know, if Simonson's throwing the timeless and he beats you, that you know, they, I'm glad you bought yeah. the ball, but I just got beat by my own ball. Yeah, they got a popular one funny. right now. Good for them. Yes. Good for them. What what are, what are the trademarks of this ball uh, in case people are interested in buying it? I label it as the big hooking pearl. Uh, so Storm is getting smart. They're going back to the roots on the cover stock. They were putting cover stocks in the balls with the last two that have been most successful for them. And what they're then doing is they're changing the weight blocks around and the sure. shapes of the weight blocks around. And so it's brilliant on their part. They're going back to the cover that was working for them and, and creating sales for them. The pros love throwing it. So it, it reminds me, and Belmo, the last couple of times he's been on TV, throws the high road. It reminds me of a high road with a little bit more shape to it, a little bit cleaner front, a little harder back. Okay, there you go. So if you're interested in buying that bowling ball, go over and see Dwight over at the uh, Spare Time Pro Shop uh, at the New Berlin Bowl. All right, take a quick time out. We'll come back. We'll hear from Jason Belmonte. He sat down and did a one-on-one with Phil uh, Rilo earlier this week, and we'll see what he had to say coming up next. Phil Rilo here for the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Radio Show on 105.7 FM, The Fan in Milwaukee with me the champion of last week's Barbersaw PBA Players Championship, Jason Belmonte. And Jason, we're near the end of the competition here at the Fire Lake PBA Tournament Champions, so you've had a little time for that seventh major to set in. Uh, how does it feel to get another one under the belt and start 2017 off great? Yeah, it feels fantastic. Um, I think probably the the best part about winning that uh, week was actually finding out that I had tied with uh, one of my childhood era, uh, heroes, Norm Duke, in the amount of majors. Um, I saw Norm uh, soon after winning, and he came up and uh, he congratulated me. 
And he told me as well, he said, you know, now we, we have the same. And we took a photo together. And that's going to be a moment that, uh, you know, I'll really cherish because I look at Norm as one of the, the greatest of all time. He's, like I said, my childhood hero. And to have the same amount of majors as that guy is, uh, it's a really uh, powerful thing for me. Yeah. 2016, a lot of PBA players would have taken your year. Some great TV appearances out there, a good run in Detroit at the fall swing but not the year you've had previous before that when you were three-time player of the year. Was it a committed refocus for 2017, or was it just something where things are falling back into place for you? No, I've, um, I've made it pretty clear that I got in my own way through 2016. Um, you know, I was looking at a prize at the end of the year, which would have been a fourth player of the year in a row, which, which no player had done, and I put a lot of pressure on myself and a, and a high expectation on myself to do that. And it wasn't fair, because uh, once you take your eyes off what's in front of you and you look ahead, you stumble, you stumble, uh, you stumble over what's in front of you. So uh, my performances on TV for the entire year of 2016, all I had in my mind was let's win the player of the year again and I never had that mentality through the first three years that I'd won the player of the year I don't know why I I focused on that but I did and it got to me Um, and my performances showed it you know I was more nervous I was uh, not executing as much I felt like every shot uh, was more important than any other and um, that's just not how I bowl I'm so carefree and I bowl better when I'm just doing my thing so when I made the show uh, last week, that was my only goal, was to just, I had no pressure on my shoulders. EJ is our player of the year now, not me, and I can just focus on you know, hitting my target and, and throwing the ball that I wanted to with no expectation of down the road. And um, I was really, really happy with the way that you know, I, I approached that TV show and my performance on that show. Oh, and it's not just that. I mean, two majors in a row because you made TV at the World Championship, too. These longer format tournaments really seem to fall into your wheelhouse. Even this week here at the Tournament of Champions, you started with a 144 game, and you've made your way into the final 16 here. Uh, what What's the focus? What do you look at when you throw that 144 game and go, guess what, it's just time to move on? I mean, thanks for reminding me about that <laughs> 144 game. Yeah, it's, you know, these guys, it's never easy when you give them a head start. But... Um, I have a lot of self-belief, and if there are games left in the tournament, um, I'm always going to back myself to put together a set to cover up those those bad games. So last night was a, another really good example. Um, you know, a couple of so-so games in the middle. It's getting, you know, coming down to the crunch, and I said, you've still got games. Uh, you have the ability to throw some big numbers, and um, that's what I always believe in myself. So for me, I like... Um, knowing there are more games behind me because it does allow me to just kind of relax and and kind of build into the tournament. But I will say, uh, starting off with a 144 is not ideal, no matter the format. Um, so my plan from here on in is no more 144 games. Uh, now with that few games left in the tournament, eight games as we talk here on Saturday morning, Another thing you've been busy with doing a lot of promotion for is your new bowling ball that you did with Storm called the Timeless. Uh, why don't you tell some of the fans out there what the reasoning behind getting involved with your own bowling ball was? Yeah, it's something that um, you know I think every bowler uh, kind of dreams about is is having a ball with a logo of theirs on it. And uh, a couple of years ago, I brought the idea to Storm um, and Bill Christman and Dave Sims. 
were really behind the project. Uh, but I, I didn't want to just, you know, kind of slap a logo on the side of the ball and, and say that, yeah, that's cool, that's my ball. I wanted to really be involved uh, behind the process of, of designing the ball. I wanted to be heavily, um, my, my decisions to be heavily influenced in the end creation of it. And Storm was so great about it. Like everything that you see in that ball, from the colors to the logo design um, to the smell uh, to what cover we put on the outside of the ball um, all had my influence in it and that means more to me uh, than you know just again putting the logo on the side of the ball so a couple of years ago the development of the idea started and um, it's been a really uh, awesome creative process I've seen uh, all the behind the scenes now on how bowling balls do get made and uh, it's a testament not just to Storm but to every company out there and how difficult the process really is it's it's so chemically and physically demanding um on the on the the brains behind all the uh development of it um and honestly i i didn't realize how much goes into every single ball that you see on the market so knowing that and and being able to be a part of that process and to be able to use that ball to actually win my seventh major uh, that's something that I'll I'll never forget, and that's something that I'm extremely proud of. Well, we'll see if we can get you an eighth major this week here at the Fire Lake Tournament of Champions. No, you got to get to the lanes here on Saturday morning, and good luck to you, and maybe we'll see you on ESPN tomorrow. Cheers, mate. I hope so. That was Jason Almonte, and I'm Phil Brylow for the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Radio Show on 105.7 FM, The Fan. All right, thanks, Phil, very much. There is Phil Bridal. He'll be back on again uh, coming up next week, last show of the season uh, next Sunday morning at 9 o'clock uh, here on The Fan. Uh, okay, Belmonte said the ball smells. Bowling balls don't smell. What is he talking about? Storm balls do. <laughs> what? Roto Grip balls, which are made by them, don't. But Storm years ago, back in the early 2000s, Storm bowling ball at home. I don't remember it smelling. Sent well, probably early before 2000. <laughs> I don't know what it was because I got it for bowling the. PBA. Didn't we get it for bowling the pro am or yes, something? For yeah, for the Masters, 2004, yeah. five, six. I hated yeah. that ball. I threw it a few times. And I was done with it. I don't know if they did it to every ball back then. I may, thought maybe it might have been the high-end primary balls. So but what now is they the reasoning for it to smell? The reason be behind it all is the term called marketing. <laughs> and and with marketing... I'm not buying a bowling ball because of how it smells. <laughs> hey, it makes a nice car freshener if it doesn't work for you on the lanes. <laughs> and I'm throwing it in Lake Michigan if it doesn't work for me on the lanes. The the story is, is if it's on the shelf, you happen to walk into your pro shop, and you walk past that section of storm, and you have a a certain smell or scent that catches your nose, it's going to make you stop and pick up the ball and Come look on. at it and start asking questions about Come it. On. That's exactly what Come they on. told us they were hoping to do with it. We'll take a quick time out. It's Castle Lake Spare Time Bowling Show presented to you by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Got another big time live show coming up. We'll talk about that coming up next. Castle Lake Spare Time Bowling Show presented to you by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association at MILWCAR.com. MILWCAR.com. Coming up is going to be today the Fire Lake PBA Tournament of Champions coming up today. That's at noon on ESPN. It will be live. The 56, 52nd Annual Fire Lake Professional Bowler Association Tournament of Champions, Sep Ladder Finals. Your five seed today. 
Pete Weber. Yeah, Bobby. Let's go. Let's go. There's TV ratings. Oh my God. These are all these are all guys that are names that people should yes. know. Four is Tom Smallwood. I I, I don't know. I like the Smallwood. Bulldog. I like Smallwood the person. But it always feels like every time he's on TV, he's the underdog. Yeah. You just always feel like you're pulling for the underdog yes. and you root for Tom Smallwood. The three guy, another super nice guy, Dom Barrett. Dom Barrett. Yep. Uh, Great number release. Two, and he's back on the scene, folks. I Tommy mean, he Jones. really has come back to the scene. He he was long gone for a few yep. years and didn't really see much of him on TV. Tommy Jones is the two seed, and here we go again. EJ Tackett back on TV, back in that one hole, and EJ Tackett has been bowling really well. Really well. Yep. Over the year, five different Paul brands, not all, you know, just Storm, Storm, Radical, Track, Ebonade, and Motive. Oh, I'm going to like this show. <laughs> I, am, I am psyched for this show. It's going to be a great show. Yes. Just missing out uh, and for the TV show. Norm Duke was sixth, missed Weber by six pins. Wow. Belmonte was seventh. Wow. Uh, he missed by quite a bit <laughs> more than that. Show. He missed by 25 pins. If those two would have been on the show? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, if you would, if you would have subbed out say, Barrett and Smallwood for yes. Duke and Belmonte. Oh and you could God. have had Tackett, Tommy Jones, Pete <laughs> Weber, Norm Duke, and Jason Belmonte. Now we got something. Like this a, is still going to be a great show. Don't oh, get me wrong. Yes. But if you could have, again, subbed out Barrett and Smallwood for Duke and Belmonte. Whew. For them to average 233 to make the show. Mm-hmm. Average 233. Yes. That's, wow. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So looking forward to that. Uh, you had a chance to watch the Chris Paul event on Friday Night Live I on did. TV. Tell what happened at New Berlin Bowl. Every Sparky, the heavens opened, the clouds the heavens opened. opened. I heard the music. Ah! Every TV had the PBA Chris Paul event on. That's awesome. Prime time. It's like they're listening to us. They're listening to the show. <laughs> well, I doubt it. But yeah, it's still nice for us to think that maybe it maybe is. prime time on a Friday night is it. No, I didn't look this up. I don't know if I can get it. I would love uh, to see what the ratings that's were. That's what I was going to check here. Mm-hmm. Great show. Great. Um, I just, I'm very entertained. Uh, Mookie Bettis is really the real deal. The Boston Red Sox player. I mean, for um, another major athlete to go into bowling, the guy's got game. There's no doubt about it. He could win a PBA title if you know, he had the right ball reaction, the right balls. It, it could happen with him. Could happen. Could happen with him. We'll have to wait and see if it does happen for him. Yeah, um, he is that talented. I mean, he's not a T.O. I mean, he's another level above T.O. Let's see here. This is all over-the-air stuff. ABC, NBC. Don't want that. I want cable. Let me see if I can find it here. I don't know if I can or not. Uh, TV by the numbers. No, I don't think I can find it in enough time in order to uh, – Get out of here. Let me see if I can check one other thing. Who are you taking for today's show? EJ Tackett. One game to win. But e. I like Tackett. but I like Weber's chances of running the field. You do? Uh, I do because he was strong all week, and his release is one of the best out there. If he gets his carry like he did all week, watch out PDW, and he's going to be great TV. Ratings ought to be great with him. Fans want to tune in to watch PDW. I'm taking my guy, EJ Tackett. Tackett. I'm just going to stay with Tackett. I know he's a favorite. He's the the number one. He's hot. I'll stay with Tackett. That'll do it for the Castle Lake Spare Time Bowling Show. Coming up next, Hot Snow Weekly. Craig Council's going to join us on the show. The Brewers manager. That's straight ahead here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, have a good day. Don't forget, Giannis starts in the NBA All-Star game tonight. Watch it. Bye-bye.